We're live for the Mike and Mario Show Friday edition. Excited to be back. Looking forward to connecting and uh, lots of things worth touching on and as well as sharing our thoughts and ideas on what's happening uh, starting <laughs> next month, next week. So, Mario, before we move forward, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Mike. I hope you're doing well as well. It's uh, cooled down here in the UK. So <laughs> we had a heat wave for maybe 36 hours. And they were all going about, well, it, we need a climate emergency. But it's it happened. It's been happening for decades. You, you get a few days of uh, a heat right. wave. Right. And that's what summers are usually about, you know, <laughs> unexpected heat. Uh, but then again, that's sometimes refreshing depending on uh, how you look at it. But uh, of course, on this side, Biden is talking about a climate executive order that's coming. So whether the heat goes down or up, it doesn't matter. I'm thinking like summer comes to an end in the next couple of weeks and it's going to get cool again. But what about why, why the emergency? Why do we need an executive order for climate? So we know there's more to that story. But anyway, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, welcome to the Mike and Mario show. Uh, lots of things worth touching on, of course. Uh, numbers coming out today pointing more towards the uh, future or the direction of the economy and is not looking too positive. And before we get dive into that, just want to start off by sharing with you a very interesting perspective given to us by an, a mainstream economist, nevertheless. And I thought this was worth something bringing to your attention. And so as the PMI numbers uh, has been revealed, uh, this gentleman here says the U.S. economy is contracting at a rate not seen since the global financial crisis in 2009, excluding the lockdown as a flash PMI covering output of manufacturing services fell sharply in July. And so here we have the visual aid showing how bad things uh, appear to be or how, you know, how they're you know turning out to be. But Mario, were you surprised at all when these figures came out well below expectations, to say the least? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, but uh, I'm not surprised uh, with the direction in which they're going because uh, the the uh, yield curve, uh, U.S. Treasury yield curve, has been pointing to a recession uh, yeah. because it's inverted. But I, I was surprised with the, uh, the fact that uh, they were uh, uh, very low, a lot lower than expected, as you can see here. U.S. services PMI came out at 47. <laughs> it was expected to drop by 0.1. That's a huge, I, I mean, uh, it's a huge drop. It's like a crash. And yeah. what does PMI mean? Well, it means purchasing managers index. And it's a survey of all the of purchasing managers of big businesses, and they ask them what they think, you know, what are they uh, seeing in terms of orders. Uh, and a number below 50 means that uh, usually means the economy is contracting, uh, and the number above 50, vice versa. And you might ask, what about manufacturing? That's still above 50. But uh, we know now that uh, the US and even the UK economy, uh, most of it is a that we're service economy. So I think this is very serious. And then you go to Europe earlier this morning, mm -hmm. uh, you had the uh, the French uh, PMI, you see here the manufacturing that dropped below 50. It wasn't as bad a crash as the service PMI. Uh, but uh, yeah, and the German as well, it dropped 48, the composite, which is both together. But And look at the uh, manufacturing, the service, they're all below 50. So this is uh, showing me that uh, the uh, ECB, uh, of course, they raised rates yesterday for the first time, I think, in, 
11 years yeah. <laughs> and i think they're not going to be raising rates that much more because they unless they want to keep raising rates into a recession and the same thing for the fed we're right. speaking about this before we came on next wednesday they'll decide fomc uh i think they're going to raise by 75 basis points and i I have a feeling that's going to be the the last rate hike of this cycle, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you look at what's going on. And, and the day after, we're going to have uh, GDP uh, data for the second quarter. Uh, the Atlanta Fed, they, they see it coming negative, and the markets now are seeing it come a lot closer to zero. So that that's the way I see it. Yeah. Now, to think about the economy contracting, you know, even the narratives have changed. No more recovery talk is more so now politicians as well as the central bankers are talking about the issues we're facing. But then again, they haven't reversed course as of yet. And so you're saying next the next week could be the last one. And then I saw another article uh, re- referring to how the ECB, now that they're neutral or that they made it, they made their way back to zero. Somebody out there threw out, you know, the fight that they see by the end of this year, the ECB going to having a, a single point uh, of their of their fed of their of their you know uh, interest rate, and so I'm thinking like you know what are, what why are they trying to sell the idea that they can get to a certain number by the end of this year when everybody knows even themselves they know that things are tightening up severely so they're tightening into we've gone past the point of a recession I think based upon all the indicators and it's going to be a lot worse but you know my thing will be why like what. What can they really accomplish in trying to continue to hike in, in such tight conditions? Uh doesn't make sense, but I'm assuming they know exactly what they're doing at the end of the day. But what do you what do you think? I think it's because uh prices are rising mm-hmm. and they're they've lost control of it. People call it inflation. I call it prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been inflating for over a decade. And uh yeah, they, they have to make it seem to the markets and investors that they're doing something about it. But uh, uh, they're between a rock and a hard place. And we've been saying this, uh, you and me and others in the alternative, mm-hmm. that uh, they're, they're going to have to pivot. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to pivot uh, right away because usually you stop raising rates and then you wait a little bit and then you start cutting. But uh, the way things are going... Uh, the way the data are coming out and the way the yield curve inversion of the twos tens mm-hmm. uh, is continuing makes me think that um, there could be a, a, another uh, excuse for them to throw everything at it again. And, and it's going to be even more, uh, I think, QE mm-hmm. and, and even more rate cuts. At least the Fed will have been able to raise rates from near zero to to maybe 2% and they'll be able to cut again. The ECB, they're going to be in a tough spot. They're going to have to cut again into negative territory. Uh, I don't think they're going to be at zero above zero for that much longer. But yeah, I I think it's just trying to maintain their credibility. Uh, And uh, I I think uh, they're going to accept the, the high CPI or inflation uh, mm-hmm. at the expense of the currencies. And, and I did a video yesterday. Uh, I found, or the day, the day before yesterday, I forgot exactly, but I found out that the, in the UK, they're already doctoring the, the inflation data. Mm. So uh, I found in the Bank of England website, uh, there's an inflation calculator. And I've looked at this inflation calculator for years. And last year, if you type 1997 to 2020, 
the uh, CPI averaged 2.7. And I did the same exercise a few days ago, and now it's 1.9. So mm. the guy, you know, even, yeah, so they're gonna fudge the numbers again, and, and that will give them the excuse. That, that's the way I see it. Now, so to f- fudging the numbers it was is to be expected, I think, because you can't, you can no longer hide. You know, the the, the truth, the data reveals that things are very problematic, and so. Over here with the Federal Reserve, and I remember talking at the beginning of the year, talking about you know the, the tightening aspect, everything they were planning on doing. Now the question is, I think we uh, or most people have you know disregarded or, or not talked about much about the drain of the balance sheet, as well as of course other the interest rate hike. That's primarily what we talk about here. But you know the question is, who's actually buying you know these debt lob- obligations at a time where everybody nationwide seemed to be unloading. And so is the Fed actually back in the game of buying or have they never stopped? I mean, the reason I mentioned that, because I want to show, I want to share with you that little uh, screen that I put up there uh, from Oliver, one of the guys I had on the show before. And his comment was Federal Reserve balance sheet is up again. No sign of real balance sheet reduction at the same time the reverse repo is about to make new all time highs. And so, you know, once again, when I was talking to Oliver, he was referring to how, the reverse repo and the current inflation rate are running parallel. And as the inflation rate go higher, he was saying that the reverse overnight reverse repo was front running the actual CPI numbers we were given. And it, he overlaid both of them and they were looking mighty correlated. And I'm thinking like, wow, like he's like, we are, we're nowhere near where this thing is at, at this moment. So mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lagging between the current CPI and the two point some trillion on that uh, balance sheet. But, so to date, it looks very, very, very similar in nature. And he was talking about nine point something well before we got to the official figures from them. And so anyway, I'm, I'm ranting, whatever. But Fed balance sheet at this current moment, he was saying that if you, there's no way they can really drain this without really basically pulling a plug on the entire monetary system. And so what, what are your thoughts on this, man, with the balance sheet? <laughs> well, they, I, I was reading that they were supposed to start, start – um, Tight, uh, QT, quantitative tightening, which mm-hmm. is actually different from, uh, I mean, tapering is when they stop buying gradually and gradually, then, yeah. and then they leave it there. They flatten, they, you know, they leave the balance sheet flat. Mm-hmm. Tightening is when the balance sheet starts coming off right. when they, um, and they're supposed to start tightening on the 1st of June. Here mm-hmm. we are 22nd of July. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, uh, the balance sheet has, uh, shrunk by about 16 billion mm-hmm. in, in eight weeks. So it's not really significant. Yeah. And recently it's actually gone up. So uh, the other thing I, you asked uh, the question, who's buying these treasuries? Well, yeah. I, I think uh, you have to look at Japan a little bit for, mm. for that conundrum. Uh, yeah. And also the banks because they, and also funds, uh, pension funds, mm-hmm. they're required a lot of times by law, by regulations to have treasuries and mm-hmm. the, uh, the Japanese, what it, what, what's happening there is that the BOJ is trashing the yen. The yen is collapsing. They're keeping rates uh, pegged uh, near zero. So uh, Japan, I think they have the biggest, uh, they're the biggest savers, the Japanese uh, public. So there's, there's a lot of funds in pension funds, uh, insurance, yeah, so they 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 go abroad to get yield. So mm-hmm. they're probably buying treasuries. They're probably even buying um, 
UK uh, paper, any paper that yields more than zero, they're buying that, and especially with the fact that the yen is dropping. So that's a double whammy. Yeah. They get uh, the, the currency appreciation and the yields. So I think that's why uh, that's happening. Uh, when that could turn is when the Bank of Japan and the general public in Japan says, that's enough. We want a stronger currency. And then they'll have to give up on this uh, accommodative po- policy. All right. Wow. Now you mentioned, you know, like, of course, the, 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 the retirement funds and all the investing vehicles that they are investing, investing institutions, they have to buy. And I'm thinking like at some point, I, I know that as an, as an, a money manager and advisor, you realize the problem at hand, but yet you, you, you're obligated to continue to buy, to support the shenanigans. And I'm thinking like that has to be some type of moral or some type of conflict. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think for us, it's pretty clear even though it's not guaranteed that we're going to continue to see the basement of the currency. We're going to see, continue to see inflation or rising prices, but mm-hmm. believe it or not, I talked still to some people who were involved in the markets mm-hmm. and there's one guy, he recently retired, but he's a bond guy and he seems to think that uh, inflation is going to come down. Uh, be, I, I, so I think uh, a lot of the mainstream uh, market, People and investors, uh, they they think that a recession will will mean that uh, inflation will come down and that bonds are going to do well again. And I think that's one of the reasons. I think they're going to be proven wrong. I mean, right now bonds are going back up, the prices mm-hmm. and yields are going down. But uh, I think the um, the trend that we've seen since the uh, early '80s of lower yields. Mm-hmm is ending we're now going to see higher lows and higher high in yields and up until recently we always used to see lower highs and lower lows which Mm -hmm. is a good thing for bond buyers yeah Hmm. interesting now let's uh let's turn our attention to metals and especially i want to because i want to get your thoughts on we're talking before about uh the recent activity so this is the last five days in, in gold price in dollar terms or so I go last week. And so like one thing that's just an anomaly or, or what, but were, are you, were you paying attention to what, whatever news or whatever happened at this event where there was a major sell-off? And then of course, yeah, I'll, I'll can I, uh, I'm going to share uh, one of my charts here. If that's yeah. all right. Let me, uh, cause I can, what I think happened yesterday was significant because, um, you know, gold, the gold price went very near, as you can see here, the low that we saw mm-hmm. in the last two years, which is around 1670. Yeah. So I'm going to zoom in. So you see there we went to 1680. Uh, and let me, this is a weekly chart, but I'll put it in the daily. So you see, we went to 1680 mm-hmm. uh, early in the day, made a new low, and then we managed to close above the previous day. Uh, high and, and this is called an outside day uh, which means the the candle on the right is bigger than the candle on the left and you close up and that's usually a sign of a reversal a uh, short-term reversal and we've continued higher today so uh and then i'm gonna zoom back out so you can see it, it looks like uh we've held this here because mm-hmm. i think if we'd broken this level here it would have been, you know, gold could have continued going uh, down a lot more. So, uh, 
uh, in the short term, of course, everything, anything can happen. But I, I, I think this is a good uh, sign here for the precious metals, even though silver is lagging a little bit today. Yeah. Um, I was uh, looking on, on a Twitter sphere and uh, David Hunter, you know, the, the contrarian investor, everybody, you know, follows him. I noticed that, you know, he mentioned and that's where it gets tricky when you start talking about, you know, reversals and lows and highs. And is this the bottom? I'm thinking like, you know, we haven't really experienced the severity of what I, what we all believe is coming. So how can we continue to use the word bottoms and things like that? Just yeah. because I'm like, it's it's still early. You know, like, I mean, I'm talking uh... At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm more for people who actually trade paper gold, yeah, right? Because right. if you have a real, uh, you know, gold coin here, you're not trading it; you're just right. holding it as insurance. But uh, yeah, David Hunter, I don't follow him too much. He's got some quite contrarian views. I, I think a few months ago, he 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 said he's seeing the S and P go back, go to like five or six thousand. Yeah. So and, and he sees gold at three thousand. He's usually not a gold bull. Yeah. Here's uh here's that tweet I was referring to. This was from yesterday, but it says the morning gold sold down its long term trend line date back to two thousand one reverse upward. Oh gold. yeah, there's that trend line as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and gold and silver begins rally that would take gold up to three thousand and silver to fifty coming in months. And so months that could mean twelve months. Tw- I mean, you know, who knows the time frame? Well, there. I think by months he means less than a year. Less than a year. But uh, the other uh, guy that I follow and have been following for a while is. Bob Moriarty from 321gold.com. Yeah. And he he's a he's into gold. He has been, you know, his website has been around for years. Uh, but he a lot of times he's bearish as well. He's not always bullish. And he was on with uh Elijah K. Johnson yeah. of Liberty and Finance. Yeah. And he actually said uh he he said he was mistaken in the last few years because he he he's really worried now. He he says uh, it's crazy what's going to happen. He said, uh, do you worry about the price of gold in Zimbabwe dollars? And that's what he said, you know. So that's what I'm trying to say here. If you're mm-hmm. trading gold back and forth, paper gold, not real gold, then, you know, yeah, you watch the technicals. And I watch it because of my background. I mm-hmm. like following the markets. But yeah. uh, I think it's a very dangerous thing to, uh, yeah, you can trade paper, but keep your physical mm-hmm. because it's going to get crazy, I think. Right. I do agree. And it's a day of reckoning is uh, drawing near uh, local barbecue play employees at each of uh, each of the shift at end of each shift. All right. Appreciate that. Jay. Well, <laughs> that, I think I know what, uh, uh, Valdez Five is trying to say here. What He's is that? Trying to say that because during the uh, Weimar hyperinflation in Germany, things got you know prices went up so quickly yeah. that uh, let's say workers got paid uh, after lunch, mm-hmm. and then their wives, because wa- women didn't really work yeah. that much, they came to the factory, and the the husband would give them their their Paycheck. pay. 
so they could go uh, and buy something because if they waited to the the next day they couldn't buy as much so maybe that's a little bit of a sign of that it's not as bad yet yeah Ah, yeah. Uh, interesting things, man. So let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, other events happening right now. And so I like to focus on because it, it is when you this past week, especially you, when you type in the word protest, we had, uh, I guess, uh, I see where we had Ecuador, we had Panama, we had uh, a couple other nations that the are Dutch, now hitting the streets. The, the Dutch farmers, I guess. And Correct. Sri Lanka as well. Correct. And so like the, the European protest happened to do with the, the new legislation on cutting back on the use of the nitrogen and things of the fertilizer, things that, you know, hinder farmland and ownership of farmland. But then the protests happening in the underdeveloped nations are the ones happening due to the rising cost of living and fuel crises that they're experiencing. Yeah. And bit by bit, more people are hitting the streets, expressing expressing their displeasure. And so that was like you know mike he's like how come i'm not seeing none of that or when we're, we're not see, i'm not seeing none of that here i'm like be thankful be grateful that you're not seeing that like especially in the u.s and especially in the uk you know we're, we're going to be the last ones possibly that's experienced that so that buys us time so be grateful that you know you can go down to your gas station and fill up still and anyway <laughs> you talked about the uh the thing the fact that the emerging market is more about fuel and food mm-hmm. and uh the dutch is more about the this climate, you know, this climate, climate agenda. Yeah. But actually, uh, if you look at Sri Lanka, they've been trying to, they've been following the world economic forum, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, route. And yeah. I, I watched a clip of, uh, Tucker Carlson the other day mm-hmm. and he was talking about Ghana in Af- West Africa. Mm-hmm. It's one of the richest, uh, countries in africa and he was saying that up until 2014 they're doing really well they have yeah. a lot of gold there uh, i think they have some oil and wealthy country mm-hmm. and uh in the last few years now especially this year uh they don't they're having to ration electricity uh they, they have a shortage of food <laughs> and he found out that uh they signed up to this uh renewable energy uh program they signed up to this climate change thing mm-hmm. where they you know to change the way they farm and now they're um they're in trouble right. and it seems to be an agenda by by the people in davos the people at the mm-hmm. un right and speaking of which uh the IMF is still popping up as being the escape route for a lot of the, you know, suggestions for these countries. We'll come in and we'll make a loan. We'll loan you. We'll help you restructure your debt. And so I saw this Ghana's unions and left reject bailout talks with the IMF as economic crisis. Well, that, that's good. That's good. The IMF is not your friend, uh, Ghana, <laughs> nor the World Bank. It, oh, my goodness. It, and what's his name? Uh, John Perkins spoke about, about that in uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people need to wake up, especially in the emerging market countries. But even even in Europe and in the U.S., they're they're doing this. They're going to be they're trying to, you know, Joe Biden is an economic hitman. That's what he is. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, outside of the um, outside of the Western led institutions, you know, the new development bank that is a BRICS entity they're also helping to rebuild and restructure debt situations in, in in africa primarily but you know the new development bank is out here extending loans as well to their own brick plus nation recommendation type country so 
but it says how Briggs New Development Bank can improve transparency and accountability. And so this is to do to, to, to do with Africa. So the question is, will Ghana, for example, reject the IMF's uh, method and accept the BRICS just because the BRICS might give a more friendlier? You can still you can still own some of your 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 property rights and your minerals, but you know we're yeah. still going to want they're going to want something back in return. And that's where course, it's like man. no matter no matter no matter who offers a loan, it's going to be problematic because they're going to have to give up something that they I'm sure don't want to give up, but corrupt politicians will do what they do so anyway uh let's keep moving man uh, a couple other subjects worth touching on and so the bank of russia um they seem to be doing counter to what the rest of the world is doing and so bank of russia's dovish uh surprise well, that's a good great thing, isn't it? That's i mean a, it is a good thing it's, it's just it's different. They're, they're doing everything different than our central bankers that means they're doing something right i think <laughs> and so also but what comes to what came to mind when i first saw this was how turkey also went against the grain and you know decided to drop rates at the same time everybody else was raising i'm thinking like we know that you know russia or so iran putin and turkey just met you know lad this past is early earlier this week and it's good to say they made some deals and some things that are going to be announced really soon but we got turkey and russia going counter to what the west is doing so that definitely should tell us something but what i'm not quite sure but we will find out but you know yeah. what were your thoughts when you saw this well, I wouldn't compare Russia to Turkey in mm-hmm. terms of the finances, but as you can see here, they they raised rates uh, just when the uh, crisis kicked off or war kicked off in mm-hmm. uh, Ukraine from below ten all the way to twenty because they knew that they were were gonna get their currency got hit hard. The yeah. ruble, uh, the dollar went up to almost one forty. So. Uh, the reason they were able to do that without killing their economy is that they, the Russian uh, public debt is less than 20%. So they're in much better shape. So they were able to raise this uh, rate to 20%, and that stabilized the ruble, and now the ruble strengthening, mm-hmm. and they've been able to cut it. And, and uh, inflation is uh, still high, but it's coming off. Yeah. Uh, we, unfortunately, can't do that because if the ECB, see, the ECB has waited like uh, too long to raise rates to zero, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a joke. Even the Fed, even though the Fed has raised rates, they've only raised it to one and a half to 175. Right. Where they need to raise rates is like Russia. They need to raise it to 15 or 20 uh, okay. if they want to bring inflation of, under control. So right. it, this shows that uh, the way to... You know, I'm not a proponent of central banking, but if you mm-hmm. are going to have a central bank that's properly runs a currency, then uh, Russia uh, central bank is a good example. Yeah. And so let's get to some questions. I got a couple, another article, article too, but let's get to a question here. Here's something from Chris. Appreciate you, man. It says, when the Fed does roll out CBDCs, what do you think the exchange ratio will be for paper fiat? Will it be one-to-one or will it be worse? Thanks. Ah, man, great question. Uh, I, my personal opinion is uh, up front, it'll be rolled out uh, as, as seamlessly as they possibly think they can do that. But then ultimately, once more nations jump on board and once they're all out, then I think there'll be some revaluations of some kind to where it'll, it'll definitely have to be uh, more favorable for foreign nations uh, come trade time. So I don't think it's going to be that one-to-one type of thing for the depositors. Uh, that'll be uh, whatever you see balance wise on your app. When you look into the, the, the fed wallet, treasury wallet, whatever it might be. So 
it start off that way, but then again, at some point down the line, it's going to have to be devalued severely, in my opinion. So, what do you think, Mr. Mario? I don't know. I mean, uh, it could be one to one because, like you mm-hmm. said, it's just going to look like a dollar mm-hmm. just the way it's, uh, and it will be issued by the Fed, though. Yeah. Uh, I think the way they could uh, reset the system is that gold and silver will be a lot higher mm-hmm. for everyone. And, and that maybe that's the way we have to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. So the, the purchasing power of those units will definitely change whether it's the paper form of a federal reserve note, as, as long as they're around or the digital solely, the newly rebranded digital representations of a dollar. Or, or they could do like uh, in Latin American countries where, when they have a new currency, they, you know, they uh, 1000 uh, pesos become one peso, one new peso. Mm-hmm. So they could do that. Yeah, it's just it's so the, the my my next thought would be how will the removal of the notes eventually come about? Like, you know, will there be a future date to where say for example the $100 bills will, will you know, will need to be turned in or need to be how will they try how will they convince uh, people to get to turn in their paper because paper is going to circulate forever? Will will they still have the same amount of utility because Mm. They're gonna take. They, they're gonna print less. I think they're gonna print less, and just you know, the supply over time will shrink, similar to the whole coinage shortage and all that type of crap. Where they just, they just simply withhold uh, new notes. But what do you think? I, I think they're doing it already, gradually, mm-hmm. and I think younger people already they're used to not using uh, a note, yeah. right? And uh, I think it's hard for them to uh, stop it suddenly. So I think it's just going to be over time. <laughs> they they could dr- try to do what they did in India uh, some years ago, but I think there'd be a, a revolution just overnight to say, oh, these notes are no good anymore. You have to hand them back in. Right. Uh, you've got to give them uh, time. So, but, uh, and I'm not even sure they'll be succeed in bringing in a cashless society. Right. Uh, some people have noted that um, very wealthy individuals, they like cash, for things like gambling and, mm-hmm. and other things, you know, other vices where yeah. they don't want to be traced. Right. And, and so there, there you go. I, I'm not too sure. I'm not, you know, that right. time they not, will. I would, I hope it does fail. So I hope, I hope people realize what's really at stake and become to, or learn to or appreciate being able to actually have something physical and tangible, even if it is paper that is well, I guess a part we, of the problem. We, we will always have constitutional silver. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, what they 100%. call junk, junk silver. Here's a question or a thought: Is that CBDC will be resisted, so central banks will let their paper currency hyperinflate, but the CBDCs will be fixed at first. No more norm. Appreciate you, man. Um, all right, let's keep going. So yeah, let's th- get out. Let's throw some more questions, and uh, let's see what we can do here. So feel free to ask me questions, and we'll uh, share our two cents on it and go from there. I have another story or two to mention if we need to. Uh, paper is no longer said the paper is going in the mass level. Let me see here. Less notes, more digital. Mm. Yeah. And, and a good example of, you know, people realizing the, the, the utility of paper was especially in Canada, uh, within the last, mm. I think earlier this month when I had little internet outage and the telecommunications went offline and people, there were stories about people basically running to the ATMs, but even they were offline. Yeah. And so cash, you know, was of a major importance. I mean, point. I, uh, I uh, use cash quite a mm-hmm. few, a lot of times, but I also use my card. Mm-hmm. But uh, also what happened in China uh, recently, I think, mm. uh, is it Henan? Right, they, right. Uh, that's more to do with leaving your savings in the bank. 
but uh, it looks like they uh, bailed uh, people in. Anyone who had more than seven thousand four hundred dollars, they said, "Oh, that that cash is going to become shares in the bank, which is uh, basically a bail-in." It's what they did in Cyprus. Another reason, I think, to to uh, get your weight up. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I, I definitely talk about that. Uh, just that video of the tanks in the streets, like that right there, was like wow. Like, and that was that was an evening picture. So I haven't heard much follow up from that. Uh, as to yeah, and, and some people say that this is not real, that it wasn't there, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, right, I know. No matter what, the you know, ever since March, April, people haven't been able to get their funds out. So there's definitely something going on. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you know this we're making this stuff up. The tanks, you know, take up what you may, but. Uh, please look up CSRQSM at uh, Oculus Labs. Okay, Miles, Miles. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Let yeah. That, you, you, you know anything about that? Or let me see. Uh, look at, oh, look uh, it up. CSRQ. I think I saw something about that somewhere, <laughs> a video, but. Uh, let me see what comes up. Uh, what it means for future labs. Uh, okay, here, Oculum Labs. Uh, let me just type that in and see what pops oh, up here. The, uh, uh, is this the... Uh... Uh, it's a program that will be used worldwide to select governmental banking institutions when the financial reset occurs. So this is... Okay, so it looks like some type of app. I'm not sure yeah. where it comes from. Oh, I or... Yeah, I think it's this uh, social credit. Uh, yeah, social credit. Prepare for the great reset. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, Alaska Prepper who was talking about this. Mm. Uh, he did a video about this, and uh, it's really dark. <laughs> yeah. He's basically saying that unless you're a, a sovereign or an S, basically, unless you're a billionaire, mm-hmm. you're only going to be able to earn a thousand dollars a month. Uh, and, and so it's a, a bit like a Hunger Games society. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, tr- I, I wouldn't, you know, don't let this uh, scare you. I think it's a little bit too much. Yeah, these are guys who are uh, apparently working for the EU. Mm-hmm. They're like uh, guys who check EU uh, websites, and, and and they're supposed to be good guys that they hack. You know, they're they're checking for people hacking EU websites, mm-hmm. but they're they're trying they're spilling the beans about what's going on. With yeah. it. So, but it's a little bit like, uh, yeah, don't let, like, yeah, it's very, uh, depressing. <laughs> to, to so. so, yeah, it, it's more towards that, you know, one world approach towards seeing yeah. like bringing everything down onto into the hands yeah. of a smaller few. Which... I mean, I don't think that's gonna, uh, that's not gonna happen because already we're seeing people rising up. And if they do that, um, but the argument is that they're going to flush everything down so badly that Mm -hmm. people are going to have nothing and they're going to accept it. Right. Yeah. So we hope it doesn't get to that point, but uh, it is what it is. Um, Here's uh, something about Cliff High. Uh, Mario says, uh, I first started watching Mario when he was giving Cliff High BTC updates. What what changed, Mario? Well, what changed is that, uh, you know, I, I... I thought Bitcoin was getting too frothy and too speculative, mm-hmm. uh, like 2018, 2019. And, and I was always into gold and silver. Yeah. And, and I saw a lot of people jump ship into out of gold and silver into cryptocurrencies. And uh, yeah, 
that's what changed. But uh, uh, Cliff High was also the reason I started looking into Cliff High back in like 2010, I think, or even before, was mm -hmm. that he used to cover silver, mm -hmm. you know, and that's one of the reasons why I did it. But, uh, you know, I, I have benefited from cryptocurrencies because I post a lot of my videos on, on uh, blockchain platforms. So, yeah, that's that's the reason. Uh, here's another question here. I'm not familiar with this. It says, what is your thoughts on the ISDA market? ISDA. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Do you, you know anything about that? Yeah, it's the International Securities Dealer Association, uh, which is basically just uh, bond dealers and uh, across the world. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it means. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's just like a Wall Street city of London. Uh, mm -hmm. People who deal in, in, in big size and bonds and uh, treasuries yeah. uh, is the, is, and I guess maybe he's asking that that's to do with LIBOR and things like that. It, it's a perfect, it's a professional, it's basically an association of uh, broker dealers. That that's the way I see it. ISDA, but I, I think that acronym is is changed. Uh, ISDA. Yeah, I typed in ISDA and I got uh, something about derivatives and something. Yeah, like that's right. ISDA. Yeah. So this is what was the title at? Something about derivatives and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, the other thing that about crypto and Cliff High, yeah, he used to do the alter reports and he stopped that years ago. Mm -hmm. And I used to summarize the alter reports. Um, and they were very interesting. And I wish he probably is still, it was the, the asymmetric uh, linguistic uh, analysis or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, he used to analyze language in the internet. But, uh, yeah, he was yeah. saying it was getting more complicated to do it because of just the, the the internet and all the news coming out and all the misinformation, disinformation. It was hard for to populate and grab actual data that was relevant because it was too distorted. So, yeah, mm. for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I've I've always watched his videos even up until recently. I think he stopped for whatever reason, but um, you know he's been pretty on point. I think he was one of the first people to really. Oh yeah, I mean I, I remember him predicting thirteen thousand eight hundred Bitcoin when mm -hmm. it was way below that and. He he was right. Uh, let me see here. Some and he causes all uh, both small and great rich and poor free to buy and receive a mark. Wonder if that means there will only be rich or poor. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I you know of course I've I've been doing more investigative work on my end, diving into Book of Revelations, trying to better understand signs and times, and I've I've uncovered a lot of things that you know really opened my eyes that. And I'll be sharing more in the future, but it's like, yeah, it's just, mm. yeah, it's the doom and gloom side of things is it has its, it has its purpose for entertainment, but it's really not that bad. Yeah, it's not the, really going to be that bad. The if, thing if about, yeah, the thing about crypto right now is that, and even a few years ago, I noticed like people, ex Goldman Sachs, people were getting involved mm -hmm. and now it's, it's been, you know, eight, four years ago, they didn't want to know. And now all the, uh, yeah, that's a little bit suspicious that uh, crypto is supposed to be uh, an alternative uh, space to the banking system. <laughs> right. And it's become just as bad as leveraged, as speculative as the banking system. Right. And I'm not saying that Bitcoin might not be a, a good uh, software or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. 
It's just funny how it's become the favorite of a lot of institutional players to where they're even counting on it, but they're going all around their true problems and the creators of the problem. Like they're saying that, you know, just, you know, Bitcoin in of itself can fix things, but you know, what about the federal reserve? What about central banks? What about governments that are already bought and paid for? Like, you don't know, you gotta, you gotta get rid of those people first and that, yeah. that way of thinking yeah. before you talk about fixing the money. Like what about massive government spending and uh, <laughs> stuff like that? Right. <laughs> Oh, my good. Anyway, keep it going. So feel free to thoughts and thoughts, ideas. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Show your support for the channel. Uh, what else we got? Anything else taken out? Uh, uh, Jeff, you says both you guys have helped uh, open my eyes over the years. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Appreciate it, man. Just trying to play my part. That's all. Cliff High had prediction of gold and Bitcoin at 4,500. That could be possible, you know, and that could be possible. I like mean, or the future, like coming up, or like this was this, was this uh, well, gold? Well, it hasn't happened yet, has it? Because gold hasn't gone to gold at 45. But mm. you could, we could see a, a one-to-one ratio there. <laughs> that would be something else. Because that guy, John Perez, he he sees Bitcoin going down to around that level doesn't he five thousand yeah. or four thousand so yeah yeah man uh yeah because I, I think it'll go as low as the s p goes <laughs> percentage wise so that's a it got a lot more room to go uh what else anything else uh one world government i'm gonna see anything so uh there's uh who, someone here matthew liz Wanizo. uh where collateral doesn't have to be deposit just shown and the you then you can get liquidity mm. Mm. i'm not sure what you mean by that yeah uh, yeah feel free to add to that matthew yeah if that's a question yeah. or thought or, or let us know uh what else nacho fools a nacho fool thinks crypto backed by commodities and, and, and service, service will be the future <sighs> I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, uh, the only uh, gold money is usually the most marketable commodity. Mm-hmm. So, and historically, it's been gold and silver. Right. I'm not but, a fan of the word backed. Like just using the word backed. Like backed yeah. requires trust, and there's still counterparties yeah. in between that trust mm. factor. Just I'd rather just stay away from. Even though I know we transition towards the digital world, but man, like you know, like I think it's, it'll be a selling point. But then again, they're going to rewrite the rules and change it on us at mm, some point. Yeah. So. Michael Kennedy, CBDC is dead in the water. There will be a great reset, but not uh, a world economic for an IMF, etc. But by God, yeah. Well, let's uh, hope so, that's, Michael. That's uh, I, I do believe that one. Uh, all right. Well, we about forty minutes, Mario. Uh, let's get ready to dial down for the weekend. Of course, next week we're going to have some more fireworks. I'm sure to talk about mm. the Federal Reserve and see what the, what, what they do because it is yeah. uh, and great the, time <laughs> and the GDP data as well the day after. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting week, man. But uh, what do you? So other than that information, there, you know, what anything else happening out there that's worth paying attention to or keep an eye on, or, or what are you doing? Um, yeah, nothing really. Uh, I think people need to just uh, batten down the hatches and like uh, ignore a, a lot of the noise out there, mm-hmm. politics and even economics, and just keep doing uh, what's best for them and their family and the community. And also not to be scared of just because we're talking about the fact that we're going into a recession. It doesn't mean to say you can't benefit from it. So, right. yeah, don't let it scare you. It's not all gloom and doom. Right. 
Right, I'd agree, man. And there's more. There's more positive if you if you you have to you have to really concentrate on creating more positives for yourself rather. Oh than yeah, the buy. other the, the other thing. Don't buy into this climate change thing. Yeah, yeah, because that's gonna be, that's a primary tool they're gonna use from here on out. So that, that clear, clearly there's an agenda behind that. So probably sometime next week we're gonna have more executive order information coming out. So. I'll be chiming on that as well. I'm sure share my two cents. But anyway, uh, with that being the case, people, as always, happy Friday. Be blessed. Be safe. Continue to do the best you can to protect, preserve yourself. Get your weight up. Get your faith up and everything in between. And uh, just enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the moment and uh, get out and get some sunshine in your system. So, uh, But be blessed. Be safe. See you guys later. Peace.